0: Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa ala ibadihi amma ba So inshallah we're continuing with the third hidayah our previous lesson was kind of a prelude or a introduction uh, to understanding what is the meaning of a shaykh kamil and shaykh kamil doesn't mean as just to clarify again, a perfect sheikh, because no human being is perfect, no matter how great a person may reach in their piety, in their taqwa, in their righteousness. In the end of the day, we're all human beings and we are all fallible. This you know, notion that our mashaykh are infallible, they're incapable of making mistakes, or you know allah forbid having some other type of false aqaid false beliefs like that that the shaykh is you know like an angel or the shaykh is you know uh, something like A'udhu a prophet right these are all deviant ideas and these are incorrect notions and we have to understand that the sheikh is a human being the shaykh makes mistakes and it is not also munafi of wilayat for a sheikh to make a mistake to fall into sin this is something that all human beings uh, fall into it is uh, to to sin is to be a human being and to be a human it means to sin awwalun nasi awwalun the first of mankind was the first to forget so this is not a necessary condition that a sheikh should be quote unquote sinless However, it is a necessary condition that a sheikh should strictly avoid sins and not be involved in open evil doing and he should have taqwa. He should be uh, you know attributed as a person who is god-fearing and righteous. However, if once in a, in his life or you know once in a while a person unintentionally falls into mistake, then this is not opposite to the maqam of wilayat. Is not opposite to the status of friendship with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Imam Al Qushayri mentions a very important point for the student to take into consideration um, when a person is taking any sheikh as his guide. He says, "لا It is not per- permitted. It's not appropriate for a murid, a student, to th- think that his shaykh is ma'soom. Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can make anyone mahfud. Mahfud means to be protected, meaning a person continues to guide, uh, you know, to, to guard himself from sins. He asks Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, oh Allah protect me from sins. Oh Allah Ta'ala grant me taqwa. So it's you know it's 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 possible that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives this strength and this discipline for the shaykh. And for a person who's reached that maqam, by the barakah of his taqwa, Allah Taala will protect him and Allah Taala will guide him. That a person continues to draw near to me through, um, you know, righteous deeds and extra optional prayers and fasts and good deeds, until I love him. And when I love him, I become his eye by which he sees, with his hands by which he. A grasp of his feet by which he walks with, meaning he does only that which Allah is pleased with. He does only that which is in the obedience and um, the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is not going to do after that now uh, anything that will displease Allah ta'ala because Allah ta'ala has preserved him. Now, that doesn't. This doesn't mean he is not capable of committing sins. He is capable of committing sins. However, he has this divine protection and this... Uh, you know guidance, and Allah Taala has uh, granted him, uh, you know wilaya, and part of wilaya is guardianship, right? Allah Taala guards his. Uh, Allahu amanu mm-hmm. Allah Taala takes him out from darknesses into light. So yes, mahfuz and protection from Allah is possible, but that doesn't mean that he right is sinless. He is infallible. He has become something like an angel. Well, Iyadu Billah and Imam al Qushayri, who was one of the Imams of Tasawwuf, he says, لا ينبغي للمريد أن يعتقد It's not pr- appropriate for the murid to consider uh, his teacher and his sheikh to have isma, right, to be infallible. Balil عليه أن وأحوالهم فيحسن بهم الضanna. Rather, the wajib, what, what it's necessary for us to believe regarding our Mashaykh and our teachers, if they have reached that status and we know that they are that maqam of taqwa, وأحوالهم, that we leave them in the hal that they are, which is hal that they are human beings and they can make mistakes. And in that hal that Allah has kept them, which is a hal of taqwa, a hal of istiqama, right? a hal of you know righteousness, uh, steadfastness upon the right path, we should leave them and have a good opinion of them. Have husd Make a good guman of them. So this is in regards to that. And a lot of, uh, when we talk about Shaykh Kamil, right? we're meaning a qualified Shaykh. We don't mean a person who is Kamil in the sense of perfection. Because perfection and Kamal is only for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa as I believe it was Imam Malik who said that every human being makes mistakes and every human being, uh, his statement can be taken, and his statement can be left except this person, and he pointed to the blessed grave of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So we, inshallah, we'll continue with the lesson, uh, third hidayah, the signs of a Shaykh Kamil, meaning a qualified Shaykh. Is a Shaykh of tariqa. A Shaykh of Tariqah is a person who has extensive knowledge. And experience in dealing with spiritual and and praiseworthy qualities, So here, shaykh al is a person who has extensive knowledge. If a, the Shaykh himself, he doesn't have knowledge of the subject that he's supposed to be a master of, which is suluk, right? This is a science. Now, it's not just, you know, a person who has a majlis every Friday. It's not just a person who uh, you know, wears a special kufi and sat some time in the khanqa. No, but he, as Mawlana Tanvir, mentioned, has to have, he has to be a mahir of the fun meaning he has to be expert in the field of suluk, meaning he should be able to give fatwa regarding kibir, regarding ujub, regarding ghadab. So if, you know, uh, murid comes and says, you know, Shaykh, I feel you know, uh, shameful and I feel haya, uh, you know, uh, to do something, then the sheikh should be able to say, no, feeling haya in this instance is not appropriate. I feel ashamed to ask a question about deen. I feel ashamed to ask a fatwa about, you know, making wudu or, you know, making a I feel ashamed. So the sheikh should be able to know what is the difference between you know, praiseworthy shame and blameworthy shame. There's a haya which is mazmum. And there's a haya which is, right, mahmud. That shame which is praiseworthy. Such as a person feels shy to show his body to somebody. This is praiseworthy shame. And a person feels shy of asking a question. Or a person feels shy to stand up for the truth. Right? This is blameworthy shame. So if a sheikh does not have extensive knowledge to be able to differentiate between these different levels, then, right, this is not a qualified sheikh. So he should be able to have extensive knowledge in regards to spiritual ailments, and evil qualities, and praiseworthy qualities, In addition, he should be well-versed in their khawas and effects, right, should know what are the different effects of these praiseworthy qualities and evil qualities? Furthermore, he should be able to distinguish between the similarities present in different ailments and attributes, right? You should know each one of these and what is the result of that, right? When a person is constantly, you know, yelling at his parents, a person is constantly fighting, right? It's not just a matter of anger, but it's a matter of pride. It's a matter of, uh, you know uh, self-conceit so one he should know the relationship that you know pride is related and connected with anger right and uh, you know uh, and all of these uh, sicknesses have you know root themselves in you know arrogance so being able to distinguish and being able to know the connections between each one of these so that he be able he will be able to remedy and prescribe the appropriate you know um, uh, medicine, that a person needs for these sicknesses. And the Shaykh must have the skilled aptitude for formulating prescriptions and plans that will aid the Salik in acquiring the attributes of virtue and in eliminating the attributes of vice. He must also be perceptive towards the increase and decrease of these attributes that occur within the Salik. Just like a doctor, he should... um, you know, the, uh, uh, you know uh, uh, a patient comes and says, doctor, you know, I'm feeling low on my energy. Right? So the doctor will tell him, okay, you should exercise more. You should, you know, uh, take these uh, vitamins. You know, you should, you know, eat this type of food. And then after that, he should see, is this increasing or decreasing in the patient? Similarly, a sheikh has to be like a medical doctor. He should be able to have a, for, he should formulate a prescription and a plan that should aid the salik in acquiring these attributes and he should be able to be perceptive to see, okay, now this plan that I gave him is it increasing him or decreasing him? And the sheikh must be well-versed in the perils of nafs and shaitan. He should know, right, sheikh should be able to recognize that, okay, you know, being in the company uh, in, in, in the wrong environment, being, in, you know, around females, for, for males to be around females to be in a mixed gathering, right? These are things that will eventually make a person fall into sin. You should be able to be well versed in that, right? If you see that the sheikh is he's mixing, he's sitting in a you know mixed gathering, you know he's you know very openly just chatting and joking and uh, you know uh, very flirtatious with the opposite gender, saying, "Oh, these are my female murids," you know, "these are my no." This is if he's involved in that himself and he's not well versed. In these things uh, then you know he is not a qualified sheikh he must also be familiar with the intuitive senses and feelings coming from Allah or the angels he must be able to distinguish between various clairvoyant perceptions of kashf like when people you know making dhikr and say you know I feel lightheaded or I feel I see light and I see nur right the sheikh should be able to differentiate that okay these things uh, this is the effect of the dhikr this is the effect of your you know, uh, abundant recitation of Qur'an. So you should, you know, lessen this so that you don't become, you know, overwhelmed and it doesn't cause you any type of physical ailments, right? Try to be balanced and, you know, don't, you know, focus on uh, these seeing lights and seeing visions and this is not the purpose of Tasawwuf. So the sheikh should be able to discern that, okay, he's making a lot of dhikr, he's seeing lights or he's seeing visions. Now the sheikh should guide him to, you know, calm him down. Otherwise, you know, he becomes a little bit too airy-fairy. You know, he starts becoming, going on cloud nine. And then what happens is this pride starts creeping in. He starts thinking himself holier than thou. Uh, and, you know, so the, the sheikh should, should be able to discern and distinguish all of these things. Um, thus, it is imperative that the sheikh of tariqah be a person who is proficient in, the, in this knowledge. A mujtahid in this field and one who possesses a natural affinity towards this matter so example of being mujtahid in the field what that means is we know that the previous mashaykh they used to say that the usul and the principles of treading the path to Allah is qillatul kalam qillatul manam qillatul ta'am qillatul ikhtilath ma'al anam to speak less to eat less uh, to sleep less and to mix with the people less so these four things so, you know, this was what was mentioned. Mawlana Ta'amir, he was a mujtahid. He says, look, and our Hazrat, Hazrat Mana Hakim Muhammad Akhtar Rahimahullah, he used to constantly say, in this zamana, khub khao, khub khao or khub so. Yani, che gante se kam mat so or khub khao. Uh, so he said, eat good and sleep good. Don't sleep less than six hours. So you have the energy to make to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? But, you know, speaking too much, unnecessary things, and mixing with the wrong crowd, this is something that you should avoid. So the first two, he said, in our day and age, we should, you know, not uh, sleep less or eat less. Because it then it, it will affect us physically, and if we don't have the strength to make ibadah, we don't have the strength to make zikr then this will be harmful. So, mujtahid means to be able to discern that, okay, some of the practices that mashayikh did previously, it's not applicable to our day and age. So, he should be a mujtahid and one who possesses a natural affinity towards this matter. If he has acquired the tariqah through an independent study of books and lectures on tasawuf, then he will destroy the murid that he is attending to, due to his inability to correctly diagnose the various states of the murid. So, here, um, this is a very important point. He shouldn't be a Google sheikh, right? He has khilafat from Google, and he sat in the khanqa of Twitter, right? So it's a person who has have acquired the tariqa through a sheikh, through a qualified sheikh, through suhbat, through long period of taking this knowledge and seeing this knowledge applied by sheikh Kamil on Murideen. Not through just independent study of books and lectures on tasawwuf otherwise he will destroy the murid that he is attending to, because he's not able to correctly diagnose the various states of the murid. And here is an important point to understand: that the Sheikh must be a Salik himself; he must have tasted and experienced the struggles of the path in order to properly advise regarding it. Right? And Hazrat, our Hazrat used to say, "La Baba, malla Baba lahu." Don't take him as a Baba, as your father. The one who doesn't have a father himself, how does he know how to be a father if he has not seen right the discipline of a father? He has not gotten this training and he has not been nurtured himself. So how is he be able to, you know, how is he how is he going to make uh, uh, you know uh, murabba if he does, has has not had a murabbi, right? Sheikh Muhyiddin Ibn Arabi, rahimahullah, briefly summarizes the shaykh signs of a sheikh al-kamil, which is a qualified sheikh, in three points. He acts upon deen in a manner resembling the Anbiya. Number two, he prescribes in the matter of the Atibba physicians. And he manages and directs in the manner of Muluk, kings. So to explain this, how does the deen resemble the deen of the Anbiya? Just like the Anbiya, they were uncompromising in their adherence to the deen. So too must the Shaykh, right? Unwavering, uncompromising wa kama ulul having the azima right having the sabr if the shaykh doesn't have azima if the shaykh doesn't have sabr if the shaykh doesn't have that taqwa and that uh, fear of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then how is the murid going to do number 2 he prescribes in the manner of, manner of physicians meaning the shaykh is a spiritual physician if the shaykh doesn't have a concern for the well-being of the murid and he doesn't remedy him, just like a doctor remedies the patient, then it will not be successful. And number three, he manages and directs in the manner of kings. Right? So you mean he should be somebody who has influence, and he has a, you know, he, he's a person who can manage. He should have some uh, level of authority. He shouldn't be somebody who uh, you know, does not have authority, does not have seniority. And that is why I always mention to my friends and those people who want to connect themselves, we see in our day and age youngsters who the Mashaykh you know, out of Van, and a good opinion of them has given them khilafat or ijazat. We see 30-year-olds or 20-year-olds that have been given khilafat and ijazat from a sheikh. And that's fine. Uh, you know, we don't have any objection. If a person who is of seniority, He wants to grant Khilafat and Ijazat to somebody who is young. I don't have any problem with that. But as for our Sulukans' concern, we should try to uh, connect ourselves to those people who have seniority. Why? Because if you're connected to somebody the same age as you, if you're connected to somebody who is younger than you, then it might make you want to argue with the person. It might make you want to not listen to the person not follow his instruction. That is why it's very important and it is imperative that the shaykh should have, uh, should be like a manager. The shaykh should have seniority and authority so that you have fear, you have awe, you have respect. Hazrat himself explains, the explanation of this summary is he should possess the necessary knowledge of deen that was acquired through formal academic pursuit or by sitting in the company of the muhaqqikun ulama. Right, you should have knowledge of Fardihaeen. If the Shaykh himself doesn't know what Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala wants from him and he doesn't know what Allah Ta'ala has prohibited, how is he going to be able to guide others? Number two, you must be khalifa of a Shaykh Kamil belonging to an authentic silsila. Right. It is one thing, right, to be a self proclaimed Shaykh. And it's entirely something else to have been right deputized by a Shaykh Kamil. When a sheikh kamil deputizes somebody, he has affirmed that the qualifications or some type of benefit is found in this person, right? And he is aware of his spiritual condition, and this has a greater bearing than a person himself saying that i am am ai am a uh, I'm a I'm a sheikh, and in addition. The khalifa of a proper silsila as a continuous unbroken chain that links him to the Messenger of Allah. And this link and its blessings are tremendous. When it is known where a product has come from and how it was produced, it is always valued much more than a product that has arrived from unknown sources. For example, if some food is delivered from a reputable high-rated restaurant, A person will comfortably eat the food. Whereas if a complete stranger came with a random box of food without mentioning where it came from, a person might not feel comfortable eating the food and might even throw it away. So number three is he should be upright and pious. If the the person himself is not making a amal, there will be no effect in his words. And there will be no effect in his suluq. Number four, he should have derived spiritual benefit by remaining in the company of his sheikh for an ample period of time, valid companionship will be through either correspondence, yani through letter, uh, through phone, or by physically being present in the company of the sheikh. Number five, he should be held in high esteem by the people of knowledge. Right, they should refer to him in matters of tasawwuf. He shouldn't be somebody that the people of knowledge think his, think him to be a jahil. The people of knowledge think him to be right a uh, you know uh, ignorant person. Uh, the people of knowledge should not consider him to be, you know, an unreliable person. This is something very important. Hazrat used to say, Alhamdulillah, that ulama are bayat to this faqir Our Hazrat always used to say, Alhamdulillah, that ulama are bayat to this faqir In other words, if ulama have vouched for him, if ulama have considered him to be reliable, then obviously he must be a person of status. That people of knowledge will obviously weigh him and judge him in accordance with knowledge, accordance with the Quran and the Sunnah. However, if you see that a person, all the people that are around him are, you know, random street people, jahil people, uh, you know, people that don't have knowledge, people that don't have um, taqwa, then he, uh, this is not uh, somebody who is uh, a person of status and somebody who is reliable. Sixth point is the suhbat of this. Person, the suhbat of the sheikh should have an effect in increasing the love of Allah and the desire for the hereafter, as well as increasing people's abhorrence for the dunya. Meaning that you know, when you sit with the sheikh, right, you shouldn't be sitting with the sheikh and saying, "Oh, I wish I had a watch like that. Oh, I wish I had a car like him. You know, I wish I had a nice house and you know, beautiful carpets like him. You know, I wish I had murids like this." No, when you come to him, you see, you know, oh, Subhanallah. I wish I had the love of Allah like this. I wish I would be able to pray more nafal. I wish I would be able to have more himmat. I wish I would be able to cry like this. I wish I'd be able to guard myself from sins like this. I wish I had himmat and strength and taqwa like this, right? I wish I could be live, live a simple life like this. This is the reality of the suhbat. Is that when you sit with the company of uh, such a sheikh, it should increase your love for Allah. It should decrease your love for this dunya. And it should uh, you know if increase your desire for the hereafter number seven, the majority of his murids should adhere to the Sharia, the condition of their lives should be in compliance with the Sharia, meaning nobody's perfect right sometimes there are um, you know murids who don't follow the right path or murids that might not be um, you know resembling the taqwa of the sheikh, but we should look at you know, that the majority of the murideen, mashallah, they are people who pray five times a day. They are people who stay away from sins. They are people who have the sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in their lives. They are people that abandon haram. They try to eat halal. They try to live a righteous life. From that we understand that, okay, the shaykh is guiding to the right thing. However, if we notice a majority of the murids, they are, you know, people that don't follow the Sharia. They don't have any consideration for halal and haram you know, the women don't wear hijab and the men don't have the sunnah, right? So these are signs that the sheikh is not focusing on the right things. The condition of their lives should be in compliance with the sharia. However, if we have one or two bad apples, we shouldn't judge the sheikh based on one or two people that, uh, you know, are struggling with their, with their practice. Number eight, he should be free of greed and desire for worldly gain and benefits. You know, if a, if a sheikh is constantly asking for money from his murids or expecting his murids to pay his bills or wash his clothes or do his laundry. Right? This is a type of greed and desire and this is not something that is found in Shaykh Kamil. We look at the example of Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He was a person that people accepted him and began to believe in him because of his generosity. He said, Wallahi Muhammad gives like no other. He gives like he fears no poverty. Allahu Akbar. So this is one of the signs of a shaykh that he does not have greed and a desire for this world right and as the messenger of Allah sallallahu taught izhad fi dunya yuhibbukannas washad fi man izhad fi dunya yuhibbuk Allah that um izhad fi dunya yuhibbuk Allah have abstinence of worldly pleasures and Allah will love you and be abstinent of being greedy from what people have and the people will love you. Number nine, you should engage in zikr and ibadah. Right? If He himself is not um, connecting to Allah. He himself hasn't, doesn't have a constant relationship with Allah. Our zikr and ibadah is our relationship to Allah. Ta'ala. So if he himself does not have a relationship with Allah, how is he going to connect others to Allah? Number ten, he should not leave his murids free and unchecked. Rather, he should reprimand them when the need arises. He should treat everyone according to their abilities. A person should connect him, himself to a sheikh to gain islah. And the purpose of a sheikh right, is that he makes islah of his murids. He, he rectifies them. He reforms them. He guides them. shouldn't be that you know, he sees them uh, you know, off of the path and then he doesn't encourage them or guide them. Once you have found a sheikh with these qualities, then do not be concerned about whether or not he has demonstrated any miracles. Do not be concerned about whether he knows any mysteries or future events. Do not look to see if his duas are readily accepted, nor should you try to evaluate whether he is able to perform any supernatural feats by means of his spiritual strength. These things are not required for a Shaykh HaKamen. Similarly, do not be concerned about his ability to influence and direct others using his tawajjuh, inner spiritual attention. Tawajjuh is not a requisite for piety. This type of spiritual influence is related to the nafs, and with practice, its effects can become apparent. In fact, evil people, even non-Muslims, such as yogis, monks, and ascetics, are able to demonstrate such seemingly supernatural feats, right? Being able to move things with your mind, or being able to uh, you know, influence people with your mind and all these things. None of these things are related to the taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of these things are related to the power of the mind and being able to train the mind to do these things. The benefit of tawajo is not great. Tawajo is, you know, mind over, you know, being able to, t- you know, what they would call telepathy or doing things with the mind. So this tawajjuh is not great because it is of temporary in nature it is not a it is not its its effect is not lasting so if the you know if the sheikh you know he throws his tawajjuh on you and he makes you wake up for tahajjud in the night because of his you know spiritual power this is not something which is lasting and the benefit of the is that a murid's heart might be unaffected by dhikr but by means of the sheikh having tawajjuh on the murid for a few days the murid's heart becomes receptive to the effects of the dhikr here, Hazrat Tanmi is giving an example. The Murid says, Hazrat, you know, I'm not getting enjoyment in dhikr, so the sheikh gives tawajjuh, you know, with his spiritual, or with his power of his mind and his ruh, and through his uh, focused spiritual uh, uh, concentration, right, he makes the Murid, uh, and focusing on his heart, he makes him gain, a, uh, gain effect in that dhikr. But again, all of these things are what? All of these things are short-lived and they are temporary. Uh, and the actual uh, purpose is not these things. May Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq to understand what has been said and guide us to the right path. Wa da'wana